so good to be in the house of God. Amen. Uh, don't know about you, but I'm excited. <laughs> There's, you know, wherever you go, whichever part of the world you go, nothing feels like home. <laughs> when you come back home, oh man. And nothing feels like coming back to the house of the Lord. Amen. There's so much of peace and so much of joy. And I often wonder, what was I doing this whole week? Why I was so distracted? Huh? That one presence, one, just being aware of that presence in one moment. It takes one moment. Power of one moment. One moment. All that it takes is one moment. One moment. Uh, when we fight with our spouses, our hearts take a long time to reconcile sometimes. Our ego takes over. But what I love about Jesus is, no matter how distracted we were, one moment, if we can just tune if we can draw towards Him, that one moment is enough. His love and intimacy for us is instant. Yes, amen. Instant. You know, he's, he's not proud like us to be like, oh, you figure your deal, you apologize, and then I'll shower my love. He's ever forgiving, yes, ever loving. Amen. amen. He's compassionate. Amen. I feel, I feel so much of the love of God right now in this atmosphere right now. So, guys, if you're feeling condemned for whatever reason that is, you didn't pray enough, you didn't read the word enough, you didn't, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm telling you, just come back to Jesus. Jesus is all that you need, all that you want. He does not condemn you. Jesus is not the accuser. Yes. We have the accuser of the brethren. His name is Satan. Jesus does not accuse us. Amen. He does not accuse you. Amen. Whoever believes in him shall not be condemned. We were already condemned. He has delivered us from condemnation. Amen. Man, I, I strongly feel this. That's why I'm saying this again. If you're feeling condemnation, accusation of any sort, I'm telling you, however spiritual that is, however, uh, whatever the packaging the devil brings to you and tells you, oh, you haven't, you haven't done this enough to receive God's love. Can I tell you something? If there's anything, if there's anything that qualifies you to receive God's love is the very thing that is disqualifying you. Am I making sense? Yes. Like if the devil is throwing any disqualification at you, that's the very thing that has qualified you for God's love. Amen? So, feel God's love. Experience God's love. It's your reality. It's your portion. That's one thing that we don't have to work for. Just rest. Just know. Believe that God's heart is for you. His heart is for you. Do you know that God does not have evil thoughts about you? 
He's not cooking up evil plans. He has good thoughts for his children. His plans are for your life, prosperity and peace. Amen. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That God's heart is for you. He is, for, he is on your side. Don't fight him. He is on your side. He's on your side. He's not against you. Amen. Even his correction comes from such a place of grace and compassion. Even his rebuke and even his discipline. You know, the Bible says he disciplines those whom he loves. Oh my goodness. If you feel disciplined today by the Lord, I'm saying that is his love towards you. Because you know what? Sometimes people need soft love and sometimes people need tough love. <laughs> tough love is for the mature. <laughs> sometimes a kid needs to be spanked just, to, just for them to recognize that the father loves them. <laughs> oh man. But his heart is for you. That's what I'm saying. His heart is for you. He's not against you. Amen. Even when the rebuke, the discipline, the correction looks tough in the moment, you have to believe the intention of his heart. It is for you and me to have life. Life. Amen. He does not want us to perish. He does not want us to feel what we are feeling. He wants us to deliver us from anything that is keeping us under. Amen. Amen. Ah, good, good. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a good day. It's a good day. And it's going to get better. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, so today, the Holy Spirit put a word in my heart. And it's been lying in my archives for some time. And I was waiting for the right time to share with you. And yesterday while I was praying, the Holy Spirit said, tomorrow is the day. Right? So I'm excited. Never shared this before with you. Uh, but this has really blessed my heart. It's about the heart. In Luke chapter 8, don't take your Bibles. But trust me, I'm quoting right. Luke chapter 8, Jesus tells his disciples a parable, a parable of the sower. And he tells them that this is the most important parable. You will see throughout the gospel, Jesus taught so many parables, but there's one parable which he taught. He said, this is the key parable. You know what's a key parable? A key parable unlocks every other parable. If you don't understand the key parable, you want to understand every other parable. So Jesus said, I give you this parable. This is the key parable. This is the most important parable. And the parable goes like this. There's a farmer who goes to sow seeds. And he sows seeds on the side of the road. And then he sows seeds on some rocky ground. And then he sows seeds on some ground that has thorns. And then he sows seeds in a good soil. Now, based on the condition of the soil where he sowed, the fruits that come out of that soil is different. In some places, even though the seed was sown, nothing comes out. 
and in some places it comes out for a moment but then it withers off in some places it comes out it's better than the other but still it gets choked by the thorns but in the good soil jesus says the good soil reaps 30 60 100 fold fruit and jesus explains the parable that the seed is god's word when you listen to god's word that seed that you receive has the potential to germinate from within you and to bear fruit in your life the seed is the same but based on the condition of the ground that it falls into it determines what's the harvest that you're going to reap the seed that we receive everybody receives the same seed it's the same seed but the ground is different which one is the ground the heart the heart is the ground where the seed receives the where where the ground receives the word of god which is the seed so the seed is the word of god and the heart is the ground now based on the condition of our heart we bear 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold or no fruit no fruit at all so you might be wondering we go to the same church we listen to the same sermon but i don't see the same fruit that i see in my neighbor it happens all the time there's an audience full that listens to the same sermon that is in the same atmosphere but has different fruits why what is the variable that changes the fruit or what is the variable that changes the um, the harvest it's our hearts the condition of our heart will determine the condition of your harvest even before this year began has never happened to me this is like the first time that i have felt the hand of the lord prophetically upon my life since the beginning so since the beginning i saw there was a season of sowing then there was a season of stretching that god was stretching and the season of harvest is here and i'm teaching you this so that you'll be prepared so that when the harvest comes your heart will be ready to bear the hundredfold preparing the heart for the hundredfold amen this entire year all the hard work that you have done in believing god in meditating in declaring in confessing all that is going to bring fruition in the season is going to happen yes. towards by the end of this year i'm telling you by the end of this year your your <laughs> your end of the year will look nothing like how it began yes. and it's the power of god's word it's the power of god's word there's nothing i'm telling you there's nothing that we could do in our ability it's the word of god that brings fruit in your life yes amen that can change your entire destiny yes amen yeah man i was in a youth meeting in 2011 and i heard the lord say you're set apart for ministry I thought my ministry was going to be playing music that's what I thought because at the moment that's all I could do if the lord had revealed to me that I was going to preach the word oh man I would have freaked out 
Because forget about preaching, I couldn't speak to strangers. I couldn't look to strangers in the eye and speak to them. I didn't have that kind of confidence. Every time I would have to do public speech, my knees would be wobbling. It would, it would feel like the ground is just moving away. It used to be so bad. I remember, you know, in college, I was asked to judge a music competition. I went there as a judge. I, I loved the appreciation. They honored me. And after the competition got over, after I gave them marks and everything, they asked me to say a few words, and I freaked out. I've never frozen like that. I took up the mic, and I'm looking at everybody, and I'm, my mouth is shut. Literally have no words coming out. But 2012, when I get hit by the power of the Holy Spirit, and when the revelation of God's word becomes more than a doctrine, it becomes a reality. It changes my life completely. A boldness that comes from within to preach the word of God. For those of you who don't know, I have a background in engineering. Oh, there was somebody here in church who, who didn't know that I was a software engineer for a long time. But that's my background. <laughs> and I can tell you, even if today I have to do a public speaking on software, I, I'll be pretty bad. I'm telling you, I'll be pretty bad. I don't have the confidence. But you tell me to preach God's word. Anywhere. It is the power of God's word that brings fruit in our lives. It's not the ground that brings fruit. It is a seed which falls into the ground that has the power to bring forth fruit. Amen? So all this year that you have sowed these seeds of God's word. Season. Amen. It's a season of harvest. It's coming. It is coming. And it is coming very soon. And it, when it happens, don't be blown away. It's going to change everything. Amen. Amen. Now, but I want you to prepare for this harvest. How do you prepare this? By preparing the heart. Preparing the heart. Because, you know, when a seed is sown into the ground, the ground needs to be worked upon. Even before the seed is sown, the ground needs to be worked upon. And then once the seed is sown, the ground still needs to be worked upon. You have to remove the weeds. You have to remove the unnecessary things that is choking the growth of the seed. Right? So, the condition of the heart will determine how much fruit we will reap. So, I want to talk to you about the heart. Give you five keys. Five keys to get your heart clear of anything that chokes your blessing. Five keys. And it is from my favorite book in the Bible, Proverbs. It has become my favorite book now. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Now before we start reading, I want you to understand. I want to give you a picture of what these fruits look like. There are seven fruits. There are seven fruits that I want you to expect and I want you to believe for. The first one is good, satisfying, long life. Not just long life, 
but good satisfying long life good quality and good quantity good satisfying long life that's the first one the second one is peace and wholeness peace is not just calmness peace is what brings restoration so if there's anything that the devil has stolen if there's anything that you have lost or you have missed peace is the shalom of god which says nothing is missing nothing is broken it brings restoration wholeness peace and wholeness that's the second fruit the third favor the favor of god the favor of god special treatment the favor of god is always shown in the favor with men so see joseph joseph was a slave but the favor of god was upon his life and potiphar who was his master could see that favor and that's why he showed favor to joseph favor is special treatment you will have special treatment unusual doors will open for you Amen. special treatment the fourth one good success good success why do i say good success isn't all success good no there are bad success some of the success that the world gives you comes with terms and conditions you don't know about it you think it's success so not every door that opens is from the lord but god gives you good success yes amen good success fifth one divine health and healing to live a life in a body with divine health and healing amen if you have any lingering sickness you shall be healed and then you shall you shall start living in divine health so that you shall have no sickness health is better than healing yeah. right sixth one clear direction you will have clarity in your mind clear direction clarity you will not be wondering oh god what am i doing i'm 40 years old i'm still stuck here i'm telling you your age hmm let me just say this god is going to give so much clarity yeah. irrespective of the age you're going to do so much more amen. amen you haven't lost you haven't lost if any years the locusts have eaten god will restore amen clarity clear direction the last one is always in plenty and overflow you shall have more than enough not just for yourself but to overflow to be a blessing amen. so what are the seven fruits the first one is good satisfying long life second one peace and wholeness third one favor fourth one good success fifth one divine health and healing sixth one clear direction seventh one always be in plenty and overflow now I want you to understand the reason why I'm telling you these fruits is sometimes we misunderstand what our offering does. We come to the Lord and we give our offering, our seed, our tithe, and we are expecting we are expecting our bank account to increase hundred times, right? 
So if you give 1,000 rupees, you're expecting 1 lakh in your account. Now, what I'm trying to say is, what the fruit that the Word of God brings is much more than that. There are many people who have money, but they're still poor. This is the fruit that I want you to pursue. Not just money. Okay? There has to be increase in resources. Yes, it's just one aspect of it. But not at the expense of the others. These are the fruits that you need to believe for. What is it? Good, satisfying, long life, peace and wholeness, favor, good success, divine health and healing, clear direction, always in plenty and overflow. Right? So I'm going to give you five keys. Five keys that will keep your heart the most fertile ground for the word of God to go into your life and to bear fruit. Five keys. The first one is, keep reminding yourself of what you have learned and remain faithful to it. Keep reminding yourself of what you have learned and be faithful to it. And my verse is Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. Proverbs 3 verse 1. My son, my son, think of it as the father speaking to you, right? My son, my daughter. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Do not forget my teaching, let your heart keep my commandments. If you do that, what will happen? Verse 2. For length of days, and years of life and peace they will add to you. Good, satisfying, long life and peace and wholeness will be added to you. Just by remembering what you have learned. If you remember what you have learned, just by doing that you shall have good, satisfying, long life and you shall have peace. Do you know it takes, it takes just 24 hours for somebody to forget what was taught on Sunday? You wake up on Monday morning and you forget, what, 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 what did God speak to us? What was the message about? So this is your responsibility. If you can remind yourself of what you've learned, if you can remind yourself of what you learned and remain faithful to that teaching, you shall have good, satisfying, long life and peace. Because see, the devil is the devil is sneaking into your life to steal that word from you. He wants to steal that word from you. He wants to steal that word. He won't even bring that word into your remembrance. You know, the devil will never tell you, hey, do you know that you are God's beloved? He'll never do that. Whatever word that you have received from the Lord, he'll try to steal it. So what do you need to do? Bring it into remembrance. The psalmist says like this, I heard the Lord once. No, it doesn't say like that. It says, God spoke once, but I heard it twice. How did God speak once and I heard it twice? Once I heard it from the Lord, the second time I brought it back into memory. Every time you bring it back into memory, it's like God speaking to you fresh. See, right now, you're hearing God's word fresh. But on Monday morning, when you wake up and you bring it back into remembrance, you hear God again, fresh. It's not stale word. It's fresh word. Yes. 
It's fresh manna. Fresh. So keep reminding yourself of what you learn and remain faithful to it. Verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. If you do that, what is going to happen? Verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So if you don't forget what you've learned, and if you let your heart be moisturized, or if you let your heart be marinated in the love and faithfulness of God, you shall find favor and good success. You know, what's the key to remember God's word? What's the key? If you know that God's heart is for you, you will remember his word. After 27 years of being single, when I finally found the woman of my dreams, yes, there you go, right word. I remembered every word that she spoke. You remember every word the person speaks over you when you know that they love you and you know that you're in love with them. Isn't that true? You remember. So the secret to remembering God's word is to, is to be assured, is to know that he loves you, he is committed to you, he is faithful to you. The secret of being faithful in God's word is to acknowledge that God is faithful to you. Oh man. If there's one thing that has kept me grounded again and again, again and again in the faithfulness and the steadfast love of Jesus is this one truth that I know that he loves me first. I never bother about, I never bother so much about my faithfulness. I only think about his faithfulness. And here's the beauty. Every time I think about this, his faithfulness, I'm faithful. Wow. It's automatic. So, so if you want to keep staying, if you want to stay in the teaching of God, in the word that the Lord has given to you, you need to be assured that you are loved. God did not just give you as a boss. This is a memo that I give to you. Employee, your employee ID. Some of you receive God's word like that and that's why you forget the next day. How many of you remember the boss's instruction? You remember five minutes later. That's why he has to tell you again. My office guys. But if you know that the one who loves you is telling you, you will remember their words, you'll cherish their words. Think of the scenario. Me being a young child, I get scolded by my teacher for wrong reasons. And I'm worried that this teacher is going to bully me again. So I go back to my father. Hypothetical, okay? Hasn't happened. I go back to my father and I tell him, Father, you know, this is something that has happened to me. I don't know how to face this teacher. This teacher is really rough on me. And my father says, don't worry about it. You go to school tomorrow. I'll come. I'll take care of it. Now the next morning I wake up, I have to go to the school, I walk up to the school. My father is not there with me. I'm walking all alone. I have to face the teacher. 
I don't know how, how she's going to respond today, how she's going to react today. But just the assurance of the words that my father has spoken, that he'll take care of it, that gives me the confidence. Yeah, he'll take care of it. How it happens is not your concern. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. Yeah? So Monday morning, Tuesday morning, when you wake up and you go to the office, you, you're, you feel like you're alone. But you're not alone. You have his word. His word is the assurance that God will come through. So keep reminding yourself of what the Lord spoke to you. Every time you go through a difficult circumstance, ask yourself, what is the word that I received for the season? What is the word? God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, done. No questions asked. I'll believe that. So keep reminding yourself of what you have learned. That's the first key. Second, verse 5. But let me give you the key. Trust the Lord in every situation and circumstances. Trust the Lord. Put your faith in God. No matter what the situation looks like, put your faith in God. Trust the Lord. So read with me verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will make straight your paths. You know, what's the secret to a consistent life? The secret is when you piggyback on the consistency of God. How do you piggyback? Just by trusting. Just by trusting. So, even when you're in the valley, you're in your deepest low. Oh, you're in the deepest financial low where you've never seen your bank balance go so low. Even then... Trust God. Even when you're like in the highest peak of your life. You know when you're in the highest peak of your life, that will still fe sometimes feels hopeless because you have nothing forward to look. There's nothing more higher to reach. Even then trust God. Trust God in every circumstance, in anything that happens to you, in everything that you decide in your heart. Trust the Lord with your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Because our understanding will always tell you that you are right. There's a verse in Proverbs 14, it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. Our understanding that tells us that we are right it always leads to death. So instead, do not lean on understanding. Trust God. Trust God. So irrespective of what is coming against you, irrespective of what you're feeling, if you can trust the Lord at all times, the word that has gone within you, it cannot wither. It comes up, buds, and it will bring forth fruit. Hebrews chapter 11 was... Is it five? Is it six? I'm losing it. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. Now, I had this question. Lord, is faith just about believing in the existence of God? Because James says, even demons believe. 
So what is the difference between what demons believe and what I believe? What is the difference? The difference is, you and me, as children of God, we believe in a good father. Demons can't believe that. It's, it's not even in their frame of thinking. One, they can't see him as a father. Second, they can't see him as good. You and me have the privilege of seeing God as a good father. Faith is believing in the goodness of your father. At the end of the day, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, once you have argued and disproved everything that is coming against you in your mind, right? Do you feel like that? Because I know some overthinkers here, you know, who, are, who fight this side and then go to the other side, who throw arguments and then throw. After all of that is done, at the end of the day, what matters is, do you believe that God is good? If after all that argument and spiritual warfare and conversation, if the conclusion is not that God is good, if that's not the conclusion, we have missed it. So it's okay to have that tussle in our mind, mental struggle. Is God good? This is happening to me. Met with an accident. All the bad things are going through. But the question is, do you believe that in spite of all of this, is God good? In this circumstance, I feel like drowning, pastor. Yes, yes, exactly. Even when you feel like you're drowning, even when you're drowning, can you believe that God is good? Trust the Lord in all your circumstances. Trust the Lord. That keeps your heart established on God's word. Okay, next. Key number three. Key number three is fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Do not entertain evil. Do not entertain evil. Evil of any sort. No evil thoughts, no evil intention, evil motivation, evil planning. You know, some, sometimes when people hurt us, we are thinking evil. Oh, how dare he or she does that? I'll take my revenge. Do not entertain evil of any sort. No matter what happens to you, no matter who says what, you and me don't entertain evil. We stay in the fear of the Lord. What's the verse? Verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. If you do that, what will happen? Verse 8. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It will be healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. You know, especially when you do want to say that one extra word to that person. If you shut up, it will be healing to your flesh. Refreshment to your bone. In the moment you might not feel like that, but once you've calmed down, oh man, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Do not entertain evil. Evil of any sort, don't entertain. Psalms 1 verse 1, what does he say? Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the 
ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Does not walk, does not stand, does not sit in evil. No entertaining evil. That is the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not to entertain evil. Fear of the Lord is not to become the God of our lives. Is to allow God to be God and say, God, I trust you. This is not in my control. Oh man, this is not in my control. He or she said what was you know, just undone. Not in my control. But I trust you. In awe of you, in worship of you, I will shut up. I will not plan. I'll let go. I'll say the vengeance belongs to the Lord. Do not entertain evil. Are you guys loving this? Okay, fourth key. Fourth key. Honor God with your wealth. Honor God with your wealth. And the verse is Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. You know, the word I want you to underline is the word all. It's a three-letter word, but it's the most important word. It says, the first fruits of all your produce. Not some. First fruits of all your produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Next verse. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your warts will be bursting with wine. If you want to live a life of overflow, if you want to live a life where you do not lack any time, honor the Lord with your wealth. Do you know God does not need our wealth? Does he need our wealth? He he is the king of kings. He has enough. More than enough. He does not need our wealth. But there's something, there's something that happens to him when we honor the Lord with our wealth. You know why? Because the most cherished thing that he loves about us is our heart. And our hearts are connected to our wallet. If you don't realize there's an invisible string that is connected, you know? Every time you give an extra 200 rupees, there's a, ah, a pinch in your heart. Especially when you're bargaining at Chandni Chowk and you realize you could have bargained 100 rupees more. It doesn't happen. You feel a pinch. Oh man, I could have done better. I was in, me and Betty, we were in Vietnam this week. And... Uh, A mother and a son, they, they had a street, you know, street food, yeah, and they were grilling fish. All, all the street food that we had, we, we know the price, you know, an average price we know. So without asking the price we ate, and when they gave us the bill, it was, we were like, what? <laughs> Hindi mein phrase hai, chuna lag gaya. In Hindi, it means, you know, uh, you've, been, you've been robbed. 
I literally felt like I was robbed. And all, all throughout when I was coming back to my hotel, I was just thinking, oh man, how? I wish, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah? So, our heart is connected to our wallet. Our heart is connected to our wallet. That's why when we give from our resources, we are actually giving our heart. I did not know this, seriously. I, did not, I, I used to worship the Lord for many hours. But in 2018, something happened to me. Got a revelation. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And that night, that night we were in a meeting, I honored the Lord with whatever I had, everything that I had, I emptied because I heard the Lord. It freed me. It freed me from the fear of money. It freed me from lack, to not have enough. It freed me. Even today, we live under open heavens. Wow, yes. Doesn't matter if our bank balance is full or not. I know my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches of His glory. It's not just a verse. It has become a reality. You honor the Lord with your wealth. You honor the Lord with your wealth. You shall never be in lack. Never. You shall always be in plenty. I've, I've shared this story before also. You know, when we were getting this church done, that season was so tough because all the people that I put my hope in who would become the source of building this place, all of them were going through something. All of them. And I was like thinking, what? What is happening? The Lord told us to get this place and it is beyond what we could have imagined. It's, it doesn't fit in our pockets, but it fits in God's pockets. And I was wondering and I was being anxious about it. And, and then came the word of the Lord. He says, I am a jealous God. Whoever you think is your source, I'm going to cut it off to prove it to you that I am your source. In three weeks, this place was ready. Three weeks. Honor the Lord with your wealth. You shall always overflow. You shall not be in lack. Honor the Lord. But one thing I want you to understand is, if you consider giving as a formula, it will not work. Oh, if I give, you know, and then do a calculation 100 times, 30 times. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. If you think of giving as a formula, it doesn't work. It has to come from the bottom of your heart. Honoring the Lord with your wealth. Wealth is the posture of our heart. Let me show you a verse. Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. Proverbs 15, verse 33. I told you Proverbs is my favorite book now, so... Everything that I quote is Proverbs. Wisdom. Are you there? Proverbs 15 verse 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. And humility comes before honor. Say with me. Humility comes before honor. So if, you're, if you think that you are giving offering, you are honoring the Lord with your wealth, but there is no fear of the Lord, there is no humility, you don't have honor. Because humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. So how do you check 
How do you check that you are humble? How do you check that when you are giving, you are giving from the right posture of the heart? How do you do that? That's my next step. Fifth one. And it's one of the most important ones. Because this key that I'm giving you, the fifth key, I'm telling you it's the hardest. But if you can win your heart, win your heart in doing this, oh my goodness. I'm telling you, 90% of you will have breakthrough. Okay, here's the key. Embrace discipline and correction. Embrace discipline and correction. How do you know that you are humble? How do you know that when you give, when you are honoring the Lord with your wealth, there is humility that comes before that honor? How do you know? The key is if you can receive correction and discipline. If you can receive a rebuke, that's the key. Verse 9, not verse 9, verse 11. Proverbs 3 verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. What's the meaning of despise? Despise means don't take it ah, lightly. Do not despise the Lord's discipline or become weary of his reproof. Weary is get tired. Oh man, the Lord is disciplining me again. <laughs> don't get tired of his reproof. Reproof, the other word is rebuke. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not be weary of his reproof. Verse 12, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves. As a father, the son in whom he delights. I'm giving you a very powerful spiritual key. I told you last week, the keys of the kingdom. Keys of the kingdom. What is a key? It's a revelation of Jesus. Keys of the kingdom that unlocks God's kingdom. Now, we don't have sometimes enough time to just sit in to be established on a particular revelation, to receive all the revelation. Probably we don't have enough time because there are so many revelations. But I told you one key is, if you can honor somebody who's walking in that reality, just by honoring them, you can overflow in that reality as well. I'm telling you, any dimensions of success in my life that has opened up, has opened because God has blessed me through people. People. God blesses us through people. It is easy to honor God. It's difficult to honor man. And sometimes we want to cut the same hands that the Lord is using to bless us. If we can recognize this is the gift of the Lord that God has given to me to become a blessing upon my life. And if I can honor their calling and, and the, and, and the, and the um, purpose and, 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 and the divine grace that is upon their life, it starts overflowing in me as well without doing anything. Honor is like getting on an escalator and you just go up without any effort. Yes. How do you honor 
God by honoring his word. How do you receive a spiritual impartation? Yes, I believe in the laying of hands and I believe in prayer. I believe in all of that. But if you want to receive a spiritual impartation, it is all about the words that they speak. If you get prayed by a pastor, but you don't honor the words that he has spoken, you haven't received. The spiritual impartation is in the words because the words carry the spirit. You want to honor God, honor his word. You want to honor the man of God, honor his word. Honor his words. We honor people by honoring their words. So you see somebody walking in a dimension that you're not walking in. You see somebody walking in good family harmony, good relational harmony, and you want that. You can receive that grace just by honoring them. But how do you honor? By honoring their words. What did you do? How do you have such a good family life? When you honor their words, that's how you receive a spiritual impartation. Because I find people coming to me again and again, and Pastor, please pray for me, and don't get me wrong, I love praying for everybody. But I see the difference. Two people coming, one person I pray, the other person I pray, one person gets it, the other person does not. The difference is one honors the word, the other one does not. simple. You want a spiritual impartation? Honor the words. Honor the words. If you can embrace discipline, embrace correction, embrace rebuke, if that becomes a portion of your lifestyle, my goodness, nothing can stop you. Where, where we fail and we go back into that same cycle and that same loop and that same struggle is because we fail to embrace discipline and correction. The very moment we get hurt, oh man, I, I don't like this church, oh man, same hurt. There's the same church that same, does the same thing. The problem is not with the church. Can I tell you the problem is not with the pastor. The problem is with the condition of our heart. God is using that imperfect man to release his word to you so that you can enter the next level of glory. God is doing that. Let me share something with you. When, when I was growing up, I was not a very expressive kid. Oh man. I don't know why. But, but I'm so grateful to God for my mother. Who knew what I was going through if, even without me sharing about it. So she would come to me and she'd be like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, everything's okay. But she'll know. And she'll know what is bothering me. And she will do it to fix it. And it would bring so much comfort in my heart. But then I became a teenager. And the adolescence hits you. Now I want to justify that she's wrong. No, ma, that's not what I'm feeling. You don't know me. I have changed. I'm a completely different personality. All my adulthood, I tried to prove my parents wrong. That they don't know me. 
that they don't understand me and, and I'm, I'm sure they didn't understand, they didn't know the details of my life. But here's the thing, because God had positioned them to be my parents, God showed them what was in my heart that I was unwilling to share. Why did they know? Because God put them in a position to take care of me. That's why they knew. They always knew what was going in my heart. During college, when I was doing my master's, I was working part-time and I was also studying. So I never asked my parents for money. Too proud to ask. I'm a self-made man. How can I ask my parents? But there were times when I really needed money to even have lunch. My parents would know every time I needed money, every time, without me asking. They would know about it and they would take money and put it in my pocket. Here, keep it. And I'd be like, how do they know? How do they know? It's because they have been kept in a position to take care of you. So they know what is going in your heart without you realizing it. Now, do you get that analogy? Now think about this. The men and women of God, whom God has placed over your life, they know. They know. They know. How many times, look at me, how many times have you received a text from me which was the most, you needed it in the most appropriate time. Can you raise hands? Sure. How do I know? You never shared. Because of the position that the Lord has kept us. It's not because we are more prophetic. There's nothing about gifting, guys. I'm telling you, it's nothing to do with gifting. But because the Lord is concerned about your life, He reveals it to the people of God whom you have submitted under. And I see this pattern all throughout, you know, I see this pattern I, and I tell this to somebody and I say, Hey, I, I feel this from the Lord. I know you're not sharing with me, but I feel this from the Lord. This is, this is an area that you need to correct yourself. And I see that same Sam, teenage Sam in them, justifying, No, this is not what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through. I am a different person. I, you don't know the details of my life. How dare you judge me? I see the same teenage Sam, so I take a step back. Okay. Let it be. And the person goes through that same struggle again and again. And when the cycle is complete, I tell them again, Hey, I see this. And no. But the day they receive the correction, that day becomes a day of promotion. Amen. So, guys, I'm telling you, even today in the morning, in the morning, I'm seeing, yeah, even in the morning when I woke up, I texted somebody who watches us online, and I said, I feel in my heart that you don't honor God when you come for the service. You are multitasking, your attention is divided, you're distracted. And I'm saying, this is a Sabbath. Consider this as a Sabbath set apart for the Lord. Honor God. Don't take work calls. It's just a matter of a couple of hours. Be fully devoted to Jesus. How do I know? God told me. 
if the person receives that correction, it's going to be a breakthrough for them. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the men and women of God that God has placed over your life, including your parents, which you don't like now, because you think you're old enough now, right? Including your parents. Now, here's the thing. This is something that I'm learning with my parents because it's hard, oh man. It takes so much of humility. The wordings might not be right. The expression, how they say, might not be in the language that we want to hear. But if you can look beyond that and see what is the point that they're making. I don't like the packaging. Ah. With my parents, I don't like the packaging at all. Oh man, it's so difficult. But if you can just leave aside everything, you know, all the stuff that you don't like, and just see the heart, what were they trying to communicate? That is what you need. They're not against you. Your parents are not against you, your pastors are not against you, your teachers are not against you. All these people that God has put them above your life is for your breakthrough. So don't cut the hand that is there for you to be blessed. Don't cut their hands. You don't like the rebuke, it's okay. Take a moment, just take a deep breath and be like, God, I know that you're speaking, so <laughs> calm yourself down. But every time you receive a rebuke, you receive a discipline, you receive a correction, know for sure it's promotion time. Amen. It's promotion time. How do you honor men of God, women of God? When you honor their words. It's easy to give money. It's easy to give money. Oh, I honor you. Let me sow into your life. It's easy to do that. But what's difficult is to honor what they say. But if you could do that, it'll set you free. Can I tell you a magic mantra? Tell, tell this to your neighbor. You do not know what you don't know. Isn't that, isn't that wow? You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Simple. So how do you learn or how do you know what you don't know? By receiving instruction, correction, discipline from those people who know you, who know your blind spots, who can see. You don't know what you don't know. But I thank God that we are not alone. I thank God that God has put us in a covering. And that he has put people over us that holds us accountable. Amen. Such, such a privilege. Such a privilege. I am so privileged that I am not directly accountable to God. I am accountable to a man. And that man is accountable to God. I'm, I'm, you know why? Because when you are directly accountable to God, the standards are high. Moses was directly accountable to God. That's why when he failed to do one instruction, God was like, nope, not happening. But for the others who were accountable to Moses, there was so much grace, so much forgiveness. Second chances, forget second chances, 100 chances. 
So be grateful that God has put people over your life and He's not asking you accountability directly, although He can. But He has put people over your life who can watch over your souls. Amen? Amen. Five keys. For the five keys. First one, keep reminding yourself of what you have learned. Second one, trust the Lord in every circumstance. Third one, do not entertain evil. That's the fear of the Lord. Do not entertain evil. Fourth one, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Fifth one, embrace discipline and correction. Amen? Amen. Embrace discipline and correction. Oh man, your hundredfold is here. Amen. It's here. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I see hearts marinated in the love of God right now. Amen. Amen. Now, as I was speaking to you, you yourself saw the blind spot. Did you? Yes. Talk to me. Did you? You also saw the blind spot. Now, what I want you to do is just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to help you in that particular area. Just become vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. If you want to say, I can't do it. It's beyond my control. It's beyond my strength. Just take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit and say, I need help. I need help. He helps to whoever, to whoever calls upon him. He is your present help. Present, not past, not future. He is your present help. So just take a moment, be vulnerable, and say, Jesus, I need help. I need help. I don't want to miss the blessing of the season. Don't let it pass me. I need help. I want to be ready. I need it. I need it. I need it. I want you to help me. Do you know you can't, you and me don't have the power to change our hearts. Only God can. And He also does it when we give Him permission. So take a moment and say, Jesus, I give you permission over my life. Jesus, I give you permission over my heart. I want you. I want you, Lord. I want you, Jesus. Yes, I want you. Share the other, I'm a cussy the other. I want you, Lord. Mm. May this be your prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. 